Happy freaking New Year, everybody. This is the Everyman Podcast back in 2020. I am really excited to tell you about a few things before I introduce our guest today, Corey McCarthy, who I hope everybody in the world comes to know about and learns about and hears from. First, we have a handful of retreats coming up that are selling quickly. We have an open source on the West Coast in February at Joshua Tree, 29 Palms, Joshua Tree National Park. That's coming soon. I will be there and I will be leading that. But the two leads are two of our foundation students, Tom Henley and Mike Sagoon will be the leads on that, but I'll be there backing them up. And I think we got almost 50 guys already signed up. We got about 10 more spots. If anybody's interested, better move on that quickly. Come to the desert and party with us. We also, the next one after that is we have another open source in Ohio, just south of Columbus. This was my literally hands down favorite retreat last year. Um, we had a good turnout from Midwestern dudes. The amount of trucks and goatees and trucker hats in that place was epic. And it was a really beautiful, impactful, powerful retreat. So I would check that out if you're anywhere where that's the easiest flight or drive for you. Just close to Columbus, Ohio is on deck. We have another open source on the East Coast. That one's in April. You can check all these on our events at our website, everyman.com. We also have a melt coming up, and this is at Ion. So this is Northern California, up in Petaluma, California. It'll be up there in March, uh, the third weekend of March. I and Owen Marcus will be leading that one. Oh, I forgot to mention the leaders for the Ohio retreat are Dan McCombie and Andrew Kippen, two of our OG uh, team members from way back in the beginning. They'll be heading that one up. We would love to see you in person. We would love to have you come join us. Uh, You can also go on our website and locate an everyman group near you. We now have them all over the world. Or you can start your own. You don't have to have any qualifications at this time to start your own group. We have all the materials to support you in doing that. This shit is spreading all over the world pretty quickly. Pretty exciting. But here's the thing I really want to talk about today. Because we have an offering now, the first offering that we really have, other than this podcast, that requires you to literally do very little or go almost nowhere, something you can do from your own home. We are just launching, we have just launched our first online program. It's called Everyman Fundamentals. It's a six-week course. I'm teaching it along with Owen Marcus. And it is going to be weekly Zoom calls. We have some video assets we've already pre-recorded that we'll be sharing some lessons We've recorded a bunch of guided meditations, other tools, audio downloads. There will be weekly challenges and there will be really a a very, very specific laying out of the core fundamentals of the Everyman Method. They're intended to give you the practical baseline to start taking action in your life from your body, from your emotions, from this more visceral and present place, from this different orientation. It explains it, it talks about it, and it gives you a place to practice and assignments to go out and do it. Super excited about this. I've already sold, I think, close to 100 of these, and 30% of those are international. So you're also joining a community of men from all, literally all over the world who are hot on this. And you can find this on our website. Go to everyman.com and go to programs and see the fundamentals program, and then you can go through the whole thing and check it out. So we will, I'd love to see you there. I will probably see your picture. Be really honored for you to join it or for you to share it with any of your loved ones. This is also a pretty cool opportunity to buy as a gift. And, you know, head of the year, sort of beginning of the year, we're all making, um, most of us are making anyway, these promises or commitments for the year. 
this shit works, right? Um, this kind of stuff changes your life way quicker than going to the gym. Not that the gym won't change your life. It sure will. Um, but this is kind of a revolutionary type thing that you can do for yourself to engage in the world this way. Love to have you there. All right. I get to talk about Corey. Corey's one of uh, the men that I've met in the last couple of years that made the biggest impression on me almost immediately. Um, he's got a, a bald head. That's the first thing I'm going to tell him, Corey. You're, gonna, you're not going to like that. With scars on, he's got a neck tattoo, and he just walks. Basically, if we were in the Wild West and you walked into a little town and you walked into the saloon and you saw him in the corner, you'd be like, fuck, that dude's running this shit. He, he's in charge and you don't mess with him. He, he has this really strong, beautiful energy. And I've, here's a quote from him from the end of the, the first open source that he came to. And it said, I'm going to go out. I think he said, I'm going to kick dudes in the head with love or I'm going to punch him in the face with love. Something. Anyway. Great dude. Um, he is an ex-con and was incarcerated for a good chunk of time. And he has one of the hardest stories of a childhood and a young life that I've ever heard. And this podcast, I'm, I'm making light and I'm being fairly glib in the intro here, but I want to shift tone for a second. And what Corey is willing to share, what he does share on this on this next close to two hour interview is some of the realest human uh, experience that I've ever heard shared directly. And I feel like this podcast is, um, you know, top 10, top five automatically. It's a beautiful story. It's a wild story. Um, Corey is a, a beginning to be a very dear friend and, and uh, have an immense amount of respect for him. And I'm really excited to be to be sharing his story with all of you today. All right, here we go. Well, all right, let's get into it, man. Let's do it. Um, I'll intro you. You know what? Fuck it. Let's just intro. Let's intro you together. Tell. Tell. Uh, I'm excited. First of all, we're in the mountain house. We're at Racebook Lodge in Massachusetts. We just got done with the melt training yesterday. Um, I've been here for 12 days. Um, I'm lonely. <laughs> Big lonely man in the woods. <laughs> give the, give just a snapshot basics. Who are you? Where you come from? What do you do? Yeah. Um, Corey McCarthy from Buffalo, New York, born and raised home of the bills. Everybody loves them. Everybody hates them. Uh, what if, what if everybody just doesn't give a shit? Most people don't. Um, but being there is like, I say this all the time, it's like being born into a gang. You don't uh, get to choose if you like them or not. Right. You just do. Uh, anyway, um, you know, I've been thinking about that question. And it's like, I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy who goes to yoga at 6 in the morning and then smokes a Newport right after and loves it. Uh, that's, that's Corey McCarthy in a nutshell, 60-second check-in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, no, I live in Buffalo, New York. I own a company. Uh, I have a beautiful fiance. I have three children that I call my children. One is my daughter and two are my stepsons. I have two huge dogs that I love. I have a, a pretty close family and um, I spend the rest of my time trying to like help. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Um, well, you just. Uh, Podcast over? Yeah, all done. No. 
No, let's do check-ins. Let's do that. I actually have not done that. On I don't know why the... F- you just like blew my mind up. Why the fuck I don't start podcasts with a check-in? Yeah. God, I'm stupid sometimes. <laughs> let's do it. You want to go first? 60 yeah. seconds? Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I'm Corey. I'm checking in. Like definitely vibrating. Lightness in my head. Uh, brightness inside. Like an internal smile. Emotionally, I feel very comfortable somewhat sad and uh like really joyful really mm-hmm. joyful yeah I'm hearing them in sweet uh dan checking in i feel uh sleepy mm. i feel a little oh, how do you say it kind of like uh like i had a lot of caffeine but i haven't had any caffeine a little little strung out mm. actually yeah i feel strung out i feel uh a little goofy and excited to, about this show and uh, really feel like I'm falling forward because I've been away from my family for almost two weeks and I can't mm. like the inertia of getting home. I'm like a cow that smelled the barn. <laughs> I'm like, get me the fuck there yeah. now. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm in. Oh, uh, well, thank you for uh, reformatting our podcast forever. Um. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> Um, all right, well, let's start with that. Let's start with that uh, yoga class at 6 a.m. And, and the Newport right after, because I think that is <laughs> kind of perfect. And uh, I love it. And um, I've never been a menthol guy, but I've done my share of yoga classes with the cigarette after. And I can't anymore. I just can't do the cigarettes, although I desperately want to a lot of time. Um, yeah, good. <laughs> take that a step deeper. Yeah, so um, listening to your podcast, you often ask people like 60 seconds, Mm -hmm. like, who are you? And it's such a difficult question, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And it's such a good question. But that's, it's kind of like who I am. And like, um, I've lived a ton of different lives. And at like, at one point, I had gotten out of prison after a long stretch in prison, and I went for a jog, and I was wearing a shirt that said, I leave peace prints from an organization that's like a, a halfway house for, for inmates, right? Uh-huh. For guys coming home. Yeah, so I, like, and I bump into my buddy, and he's like, dude, like, you, he just, like, busts out laughing, right? And I'm like, what's, like, what's so funny? It's great to see you, like, at 6 in the morning. He's like, you're running around with a shirt that says, I leave peace prints, and you just got out of prison for a violent <laughs> crime. Like, you, like, what? Like, dude, you don't realize the humor in that? Like, yeah. But it's, it's it like, that's, I mean... I'll never be some like amazing model of perfectness. Like I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll enjoy, I enjoy some dark shit, but I really, really like, I'm now a member, I'm a board member at that halfway house at that organization. Right. Yeah. Like there's a lot of duality to me, man. Like, um, yeah, well, it's been apparent. So uh, yeah, I've known you. When did you first come? What, when was that? It was, it feels like a long time year, ago, but it was 2019, I think April. in April. Yeah. Racebrook here. Yeah. So what am I? Wow, no shit. Yeah. 2019. Yeah, I feel like I've known you a lot longer than that. Uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, there's... It's different for everybody, but you carry that duality. Not only on your sleeve, but like on the edge of your words. Like in, like you just carry it. Like you just show up with it. There's no... I don't think there's ever been a moment where I was like, you know, what's up with Corey? I, you know, I can't tell. <laughs> But but I'm not even just saying that from what you're feeling in the moment, like in a check-in. But I mean, you carry who you are 
uh, I don't know, fully frontally, like, like it, it just lands. And I'm curious. Um, I mean, yeah, so you dropped, you know, he spent some time in prison. We'll get into that, hear about that. But even, even before man, like that duality, that, that, how did that show up when you were, when you were super young? Did it, okay, did yeah, it show up? Yeah. Um, so like not from my own experience, but from others, like retelling of the story. Yeah. Um, super tender kid, uh, super emotional. I remember like being with my grandmother and her being like, you're really intuitive. Like you watch people, wow. but always into some shit, like yeah. always jumping fences, hopping like porch jumping or like jumping from garage roof to like, you know, the neighbors dragged me home a number of times. Wow. Like throwing snowballs at buses, but still like wanted to cuddle with mom and sit and like, look at the stars. So yeah, like looking back, there was always like a, like an edge. Yeah. But, but at the same time, like really like super sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, last night at the table, you were telling some stories about how you grew up and where you grew up. And I think that's, um, Again, I like your stories. You're a good storyteller, but there's but they're good stories because they there's something unique and very like real, right? You can tell a good story about a boring place and there's not much there. Um, I grew up in uh, rural North Dakota, where you know the the picture you painted last night uh, couldn't be much further from an American childhood. How old are you? Uh, 38. I wish yeah. I wish Melanie was here because she usually helps me know how yeah. old I am. So you were born in 81? Yep. I yeah. was born in 82. Uh, so basically yeah. the same. Yeah. Same generation. October. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Tell us about your, your neighborhood and your, your town and like what, what life was like there. Yeah. Buffalo, I mean, isn't any different than anywhere, I guess. There's always like somewhere that's the same. But um, I grew up in a place in Buffalo called Parkside. Really beautiful neighborhood. Um the value's really high now, but it was really low. Like one block from a house that's a fraction of the price. So like if you cross a street in Buffalo, you're in like an impoverished neighborhood. And then you cross the street and you're in like a Frederick Law Olmstead Park, right? Okay. Um, okay. But also uh, like, like, like Little Italy. Yeah, that's what I was telling you about. Like last night, like a lot of gangsters, like a lot of my friends' fathers were legit gangsters. Like looking back, I mean, it, they very much modeled that like new movie Irish uh, the Irishman like those guys that I grew up with fathers like definitely sunk home with that like the yeah. pinky rings the like yeah what's a was, pinky ring yeah like a big gold ring on a big man's finger with like a diamond in it like their rings were nicer than their wives rings like that kind of thing really? like gold chains cigars Cadillacs like run down cat everybody had a Cadillac a little four door like wow. Cadillac, yeah. Oh man! And so your place in that, so that was just that was your friend. That was like the community. That was your friend's dad's. That was that was not your family. No. So like, interestingly enough, like my family is like um, Irish and German. Okay. Um, my mom is very different than my father. My mom's like we used to call her nature mom. She would like wake me up in the middle of the night, and we'd go like watch storms on the front porch. Really? Yeah, super tender there. Like, um, she still lives. She, like, moved out to the woods when my parents split up. Lives in a place very similar to, like, where we are now. Whoa. Yeah, and my father was a prosecutor. Uh, yeah. Um, but really tender guy, but also um, 
like locked up, you know, in some ways. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like hung out with all the wrong kids, you know, like or mm. whatever. And I still love these guys, you know, but like we, we were, we were like pounding forties at 12 years old. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. We were like getting after it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 12 years old. What's that? Sixth grade. Yeah. Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the last time. I, when's the last time you pounded a 40? Jeez, dude. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. Uh, I really can't. Like, I think about it now, and it's just so, it's like, it's kind of like revolting. But um, <laughs> that would make this podcast less boring if we pounded like, a 40. Pounded before. 40. <laughs> It'd definitely be a completely different podcast. But it's funny because, like, I'm definitely a more like some people I think are more authentic when they're when they're drunk. Yeah. Um, or tipsy, at least on the like line. And I'm, I'm way more authentic when I'm not when you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So gangster friends with gangster fathers pounding 40s. Uh, we're just building sort of a substrate of your past as we go deeper into who you actually are. Um, yeah. How about how about adolescence? What was that? What was that all about for you? Give me a, like a time. Yeah, like like 13 to 18, like like middle and high school. Like what, what happened? Where, where were you? Okay, yeah. So uh, I left like the eighth grade as like a somewhat of a, like a basketball star. Like I could uh-huh. dunk the ball at 14. Really? Yeah, like like I was really into sports. Like I was good. I'm, uh, you bought what, six, six, one? I'm like, I would, yeah, probably six foot before like Fucking the cold winters of Buffalo ups. shrunk me. Yeah, yeah, I could jump, dude. I could shoot. I was strong, really good defense. Um, like played soccer, played hockey. Oh wow! I went to this like I I uh, I went to an all boys um, high school, and I lasted all of three months. Um, I got thrown out. I was like smoking pot every day. Oh, I didn't know that about you. I didn't know you were an athlete too. Yeah, well, I mean. Yeah, I'm still kind of an athlete. I like I still play soccer, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. but it it ended then. Okay. That's kind of the story. It's like it ended then. Um, I went to three other high schools. I I like I at one point I was kind of in and out of like minor trouble, like like mm-hmm. joyriding cars. Went to like juvenile detention centers, and we get out and go. And I ended up in in like a juvenile. Um, rehab like long-term rehab mm. uh ran away they let me back in um mm. then got thrown out like yeah i mean dude super intense rocky 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 period of my like a lot of bad shit happened yeah between like 14 a lot of bad shit happened between like seven yeah and like 25 well that's what i was yeah that's yeah. what i was feeling so are you um you can you don't need to, but you told a story this weekend about your stepson. Yeah, are you willing to go there publicly? Is that okay? We don't have to. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. That's what you said about me. I'm kind of willing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I just want to check. Yeah, so, thank you. Um, so we're gonna yeah pause the historical story. I'd like to talk about and hear the story that came out this weekend a little bit because the end of it. Um, came with a very specific realization about basically a turning point in life, right? When things got rough. Yeah. And so, but you said from seven to 25, I want to give this story as a little bit of a preface. Cause I want to, I want to go into that. What you shared yesterday, that, that seven for you was like a big turning point. Yeah. So, um, I just say like, 
this was the most impactful and appropriate sort of sharing of what I hope for the world that I've heard in a long time. So not to blow you up or anything. No, no, no. So <laughs> but that's what, but this is kind of like what we talked about earlier before the, we turned the mics on. Like this is where this ties into every man in a really, really big and, and like important way. Like I get a lot of feeling around the fact that I'm sitting across from you, the tools that you're giving you, Owen, all the guys are giving to men mm. are like, you know, you're making it, well, we'll get into the story, but like, yeah. this is directly tied to like saying the word, every man saying Dan Doty, saying Owen Marcus, mm. like it's the, it, yeah. All right. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You deserve yeah. <laughs> You so, so Alex, um, Alex is my stepson. He's 13 years old. Uh, he's, he's a beautiful, strong young boy. Um, and he just turned 13, and, and at 13, he said, I said, are you excited to be 13, to be a teenager? And he said, no, I want to, I, I wish I could be eight. And I thought, well, I can kind of get that, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, whatever the, everybody knows that the, the issues that come up at that age, right? Um, but I also know some of his history, and, and I've known him for four years now, and um and he's got a ton of anxieties and a ton of fears. And um, in talking about those things, I think we were coming back from like a, our Wednesday night climbing session. And uh, and we're sitting next to each other and we're talking about being eight, you know? And I was like, well, like, like what, what is it about eight that like feels so good, you know? And he was like, man, there was just like, everybody was together and family was together and mm-hmm. there wasn't like, I didn't, I wasn't worried and I wasn't afraid. And so I started to think about his fears and I said, well, when, when did your, cause his, his, uh, his direct cousin, his first cousin got cancer when, when he was young and yeah. almost, almost died. And, uh, his grandfather died when he was young and, uh, his, his grandmother got ill when he was young. And well, all aunt. that same year, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, sitting across from him in the car, just driving, just casual conversation, was like, well, when, almost playful conversation, like, I, I don't yeah. know if playful is the right word, but just like, oh, like, when, when, when did your, when did those things start to happen? And it was like, oh, he, like, thought about it, yeah. you know, and went in, and he was like, I think I was like nine. Mm. And I said, well, when did this happen? And I think I was, yeah, I was nine. And we both like sat and like realized, oh, that's why I want to be eight. Like that's that's when that's kind of when the innocence was like taken from me, you wow. know. And then he looked to me and he goes like, "Well, how old would would you be? Would you be like eight? And I said, "No, you know, like I said, "No, man, seven kind of sucked. Like seven, I, I was attacked in a public place and like molested, and when I was seven. Uh-huh. And uh, and I was like, I don't like no nah, seven. I remember six. Six was six was fucking rad. You know, like six was cool. I couldn't wait to be six. Like parents were still reading books and mm-hmm. like jumping off porches and and garage roofs and making potions and shit like that. You know, <laughs> um, really just making messes. But uh, people cleaned them up for me too. <laughs> <laughs> and and so we had like this playful moment, right? And um, but. 
you know, it's just uh, like it just it's so special. And and at the end of it, it was like in that moment because of some of the tools I've gotten from you guys, I was able to be I was able to be what I needed. And a lot of times when I look at Alex, especially when I'm like most frustrated with Alex, when he's like, I'm not getting out of fucking bed in the morning, you know, yeah. like, or whatever. I like, it's like, what do you, what did you need? Cause I just see this like super like angry little dude sometimes. And I'm like, oh dude, like I just like, and I don't know a lot of times what, and like what you guys have kind of shown me, man, through like modeling it, even if it's on a different scale, even if yeah. it's a man to a man. Yeah. Has been well, that's why I wanted to bring this up because, like, the listen, I got into this. I the driving force for uh, for me to, to step up and, and help build every man is uh, working with young guys his age for so long, right? That's where it started for me. And so, you said something yesterday that you went home from the first retreat you went on the mm. very next morning, he was stepson was screaming. And you're like, let him, let him go, let him do it. Yeah. He screamed until he cried and he cried until he let you guys hold him. And in that very 15 second story, you're expressing the, the fullness and the, the intention, the power of what we're actually doing here. It expresses what we're doing more clearly than anything else. And the fact that we never get that when none of us, very few of us ever got that full actual uh, place, space. space, you know, safety to feel fully because what you just described is natural human uh, healing and getting through shit. That's how we actually fucking like show that we'll be there yeah. by just not, not fixing, not changing, yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. And so like in there, I mean, there's so much I want to say, but like, in a sense, you know, what my job is, is what I'm most keyed into is how to, how to share what we do with the world. So first of all, so people fucking get it, but also so they can get it right. Cause you know, you know, and it will be for some time, but the idea of like guys feeling emotions, like they're going to be like, well, you know, what the fuck? Um, or even like Joe Rogan, like sounds like a guy, a bunch of guys doing giving blowjobs in the woods, right? Like yeah, he said that, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I get it. Yeah. But like, but what you shared about being able to fucking show up for a young man who's fucking hurting and allow for him to go through his thing all the way through—that's actually it. That's what we're fucking doing. That's like the deep, the deep seed, the deep heart of of this. So like, um, yeah, um, you may. I may inscript you to be, to uh, take my job over because you have a, I don't know. You just have this way with, um, you just have a way of understanding this. And I think it probably has something to do with this duality you're talking about. Like, like the, the dark and the light, the love and the, the like you've been on the spectrum. You fucking lived that spectrum, man, you know, <laughs> in a way that a lot of men, um, or humans haven't, you know, and it does seem like, you know, we'll go into, the dark shit and the light shit. I mean, the parts about you that I can feel, but I know less about are, are the, the, um, yeah. Like, like I didn't know you did yoga, right? I, like, I don't know about like, you know, that those ideas of peace or, or love or joy, like you express them so deeply. And I'm curious as we talk about both of them, I'm curious as to 
was that just, did you come in with that? Was that intact? Was that parent parental too? You know, like the love part. Well, well, like, let me say first in in response to like Alex and what you were talking about. One, there's like, there's a ton of emotion for you in saying that. Like I could, there was a moment when you like had a second where it like, I don't know if it hurt or it just like lit you up. And there was probably a moment for somebody listening to this. And so I'd like, just want to say like, go there, like close your eyes, go there for a minute, like after, during whatever. Right. And feel that. But it's also like my parents showered me with like love and Mm. attention and like put me in therapy when I was young to try to help. And like, Mm. but probably what I needed in some ways was just to be connected. Like, even though the safety was taken, I needed to know the safety was still there. Right. Like I just needed like, dude, I'm sorry. I fucked up, you know, like, but I'm here. I'm here now kind of a thing. And that's who? Well, anybody Anybody. like the world. Right. Like Uh. this. I just needed like somebody to show that like, no. Okay. So safety can go, but safety can come back kind of a thing. I got it. And like the, the duality, um, yoga, there's a cool story behind yoga if yeah. you want to hear it. And it kind of came out this weekend for me, like that piece and that meditation. And I would, let's, let's save it a little bit. Yeah. I, I'd like to just stick a little bit linear here too, but I do want to hear I'm really curious. I about won't that. let you. Uh, what, um, you said public place. What, what you were hurt? Wow. Dude. Place. Um, I went to a, uh, like a minor league baseball game. We used to do it for fun as a family. Great time. Um, I went, I needed to go to the bathroom. This is like hyper, the like, you know, hyper story. So I went to the bathroom, but I went with my brother. My parents sent me with my brother. My brother's five years older. He went to get nachos. Uh, when he went to get nachos, I went to the bathroom. It was a cold day. Nobody was drinking beer. I walked in. There's a guy on like a radiator looking kind of creepy. I went in the stall. A few minutes later, the stall door kicks open. All I really remember was like his hands around my throat, him screaming at me like don't tell it like something around don't tell anybody and then I have this whole manufactured story that I remember now and when I talk to my mom about it now she's like yeah it's not like somebody returned you to us in like a heap with blood around your neck like yeah I mean like that makes me like this little boy somebody like did this to this little boy um and I, I couldn't speak and I couldn't you know um and it like in some ways decimated a lot of my family too right like there was just like unspoken blame and unspoken like yeah and like you know i can't imagine what my 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 mom and my dad felt like and they they you know they didn't do anything wrong so one of the things that like like kind of crushes me today is there's like so many guys out there yeah um that could stand up if I just said, can you stand up if you felt something like that or if something like that happened to you? Like yeah. it's, dude, that, that whole thing is so rampant and it's like, and that's what I want to end. Like that's yeah. like yeah. one of the things we did this weekend. I don't, you weren't like a part of it, but in in whatever way you weren't there, but you yeah. were definitely a yeah. part of it, right? Yeah. Is like, I think I have that power as maybe naive as that is, but like, I want to build men, boys that fucking kill that cycle. Yeah. Right. Like that decimate that cycle to women yeah. and to men and to boys. Like yeah. that's like, that's what you guys have like, that's what makes my cheek tingle saying yeah. right now. Yeah. Ending the cycle of, of abuse and violence of, of, yeah. that, of that. Yeah. In that way, yeah. for sure. And yeah. I think I can 
Yeah, I think I, I don't know how yet, but yeah. uh, we'll get there. I buy it. Yeah, I buy. Cool. I really right, do. Yeah. I fucking buy it all the way, and I will. Uh, I'll put every ounce of muscle I have behind it too. Um, <laughs> and so, when you got asked by Alex, that was where you went. Like, if if you could be any age, I mean that that in that context, that was your answer. And yeah. So, just like maybe maybe are there any descriptors of like you went from what to what is it innocent to fearful innocent to just i mean what what's the what's the visual you see on that i went from i went i i would you know you could say like fear entered but there was fear before that like yeah. i you know i've had i had other like wild shit happen to me before then but that's when i think I, I began to feel alone or like I did wow. something like, uh. like I did something like I was different, but in a bad, yeah, yeah I definitely started to feel like a, like different then mm. not part of the same race in a way. Wow. For sure. Yeah. That was like, a, that became like a slow adoption of mm. that feeling. And again, not that you have to, Psychoanalyze, psychoanalyze yourself but you said from 7 to 25 was a rough period yeah do you make a direct connection with with that event I mean I didn't for a long time I mean it got worse to be honest like it, oh, okay. um, but yeah I mean it, I think it'd be I think it would be foolish to not right yeah. um, make that connection but I also don't necessarily like I'm not hard and fast about anything other than like abuse is bad yeah. right like yeah. beyond that like i'm not i, I want to be a different person tomorrow and i want my opinions to change tomorrow so yeah like i'm not gonna say like that's the reason and mm. nothing else and only abusers like i don't what mm. the fuck do i know so what's the worst worst point what was the darkest time darkest points um so like the like the probably one of the darkest points uh i was probably 16 and it's like super hard to even talk about but i was i was homeless i was living with uh different people all over and a friend of mine's father took me in one of these like guys he had been in prison for selling coke and like mm. was a gangster wore all black and gold chains i thought he was the coolest guy and he was a predator mm. and like he set me up like like you set up bowling pins and knocked him down like fuck yeah he like you know like got me into the cocaine like one night like ask this 16 year old boy like you ever tried cocaine I'm like no you wanna like yeah and i felt safe because like my friend lived there too his son and his son had just went to bed like holy shit yeah and then like you know weeks later like became an abuser <laughs> and i didn't have anywhere and it's like people don't realize this and i'd like to kind of say this for anybody that's listening like there's a there's a way to do this to children that sets them up that to like if you leave you'll have nothing if if I'm not here you'll feel lost like and and to almost hold you in that space right like that's how pimps control women that's how like mm -hmm. that's how predators control kids it's like it was systematically done in a way that like it's like if I if I leave I'll have nothing and I'll wither and die and so I stayed and like so much shame around like I think I'm a man and I mm. let that happen to me. I must have I must have wanted it to happen. I must have mm. I must be super weak. I must be 
you know, uh, um, gay, I must be whatever. Like, like all these, like had no really like reorg in the wrong way, you know? Shit, man. Yeah. And that, that's like, like, I don't even like saying that because it's like, it's still, there's still like some shame around it, but, um, it's easier to say for another man, like, dude, like it's, it, there's a system and that system just happened to happen to you. So how do you feel? I mean, I, I think I probably know, but that system, do you feel like it's like a, a natural Ooh. part that people have in like this? Is it passed on? I mean, I, 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 we may not have any answer. I'm not asking for answers necessarily, but what the fuck is that? I mean, is that just, is that just fucking evil? Is it hurt? Is it pain? I mean, yeah, that's one I wrestle with. Cause it's yeah. like, I know that I need like the paradox of every man, right? Like if you don't want to feel a feeling, you need to feel it. Yeah. Um, and so like, if, if I want to, if I want to move past those things, like fully, I need to like lean in and forgive, even though it's like ridiculous, it sounds ridiculous to for like to forgive. But if I want to understand it, I think I need to forgive it. Mm. Um, and I, I'm just not, not like fully there yet. Yeah. You know, like yeah. if I seen dude, I'd fucking, like, he'd lose a couple teeth for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I, I do think it's in some ways evil and I don't, I'm not like a big prescriber and just like anybody's just wholly evil. I mean, I'm sure somebody hurt him. Yeah. I'm sure somebody did in some way that you, we learn everything. Yeah. Everything's nothing's new, right? Under the sun, right? Like yeah. we've learned everything. Somebody taught you what, you know, Owen showed you and you're showing me and then, yeah. Yeah. and somebody showed him that, you know? And yeah. like, and then I, I try, I try really hard to think about him as a seven-year-old boy or as a 10-year-old or his, like somebody doing that to a child. Like the, he wasn't, you know, when you see the picture of like the little, like African-American kid and the little white kid and like, and they're just like playing, like, yeah, it's the same thing. Like yeah. nobody, you know, like somebody did that to that boy. You know, I spent most of my life like trying to not like put things in black and white categories like good and bad or like evil and 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 right or things like this but <laughs> I don't when it comes to this kind of thing you know again i think even with full full understanding that I, I mean i do believe humans are fundamentally good and i think they get spoiled but i am also starting to wonder if i'm just being really fucking naive about that and i don't know i i i, I don't know but i what i'm trying to say here is i do know that um that if we can anything we can do to stop those from continuing, we it's fucking win. <laughs> right? yeah. Everybody fucking wins. Like it's just and the fact that so much activity goes on in this world, the, the fact that we're not more centralized onto fixing things these things, the fact that there's not more energy put to like go there. Oh, bird hit the window. Um was it? Yeah. Nah, right. Uh I don't know. It like sometimes it fucks me up a little bit. Um, yeah, but it's it. I'm sorry, but yeah. it's it's directly related to not feeling. Like what what you yeah. instruct men to do is like sit in the feeling, yeah. and we're so like we're so good at not feeling. You know, like I could challenge anybody right now to sit and think, how do you feel? And it's like, if it's a dude, like he's gonna tell me how like he's cold or hot, <laughs> or he's like pissed yeah. or like. I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. And like got a lot to do. Yeah. And it's the not feeling, like pretending we're not feeling that 
Yeah. That that's why there's no like that's why everybody's not screaming like dude every man's the best thing like you need to help like mm. or whatever like that's mm-hmm. that's why. Yeah. Yeah, that is a it's kind of a conundrum, huh? What do you <laughs> do you feel like during that <clears throat> that chunk of time were you were you feeling things? I'm, I'm like, like what was what it was what was it like to walk around as you at times? I mean, pick a time, like, yeah. Uh, so, like, one of the things that kind of came up for me this weekend was at some point in that age group, I remember being on like the train tracks with my friends, and it may have been when I was living there. It may not have been. It may have been, but I remember like w- wanting to feel connected to them mm. and not. And like we, I, we were all getting drunk and doing whatever, and and so I threw out there what happened to me when I was little. Mm. I don't know why. Maybe so that I could feel like like I was okay. Yeah. And that that was okay. And I remember it being like a joke. And I remember, like they, but because they didn't know how to hold it. Right. Exactly. Right. They like yeah. they just so that it was like, yeah. Huh, yeah, like that's weird. Like fuck your brother or you know what I mean. Like. Um, I don't remember what they said, obviously, but I remember right. it feeling like it was a joke and feeling like, dude, you better keep your mouth shut. Damn, man. I remember that. Yeah. 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 Because nobody taught him how to like hold space. Yeah. Nobody By modeling how to, how to hold space. So back to like, yeah, back to like Alex or mm-hmm. whoever you're, you know. I wonder if like, I wonder if you got to reset and like start hum- humans over. Got to imagine that feeling part would just be. I don't know why I'm going to such abstract innate philosophy. Yeah, you do, I, yeah, the you, do that. you love yeah, that. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, not to to put more attention on it than necessary. Anything, but. At what age? What age did the did the crime in prison event? Oh, go? Yeah. And was so, that just once, or was there? No. So I was like, I, you know, I sold drugs. Um, I did drugs. I got drunk off a lot. Like I was blackout drunk a majority of of probably like my nineteen. I had brain surgery. I got in a fight. I had seven fractures in my skull, three in my face from an attack, oh like a God. big melee. Was out of the hospital ten days later. Like. Yeah, my dude, my life is like if you if you like write it down like a, with a therapist, like one of those life stories. Yeah, usually shocks them. They're like, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> um, yeah, they're like, uh, I remember I did it, and the dude was like, whoa, like, uh, and there's ton, there's like a lot more in there too. That's the yeah. crazy. Those are like the yeah. highlights sure. from the like shit reel, you know, like the bloopers. Um, but so twenty two, I was uh, I was so alone. And I was also like really, really misdirected and like committing crimes, hated myself, mm. felt like I was born bad and robbing drug dealers. Um, you know, and there's like cool stories in there, but I mean, it was like, it's like you were like a boy that could have been a, a something or whatever. Anyway, I... Um, well, what's one cool story? And it depends on how you like. Sure. Yeah. But like 
40 grand, like robbed some kids for like 40 grand one time at like 21 years old. That was like, and if I told it, like some guys would connect, but I almost feel like it's not, yeah, yeah, it's yeah whatever, yeah, yeah. it's every man. So like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's interesting because we could, you can, and, and it's, yeah. it's probably okay too. I'm curious. <laughs> so we were like, um, some like really like kind of wealthy kids, like suburban kids wanted to buy a whole bunch of weed. Yeah. Um, a buddy of mine who used to like dress really preppy linked him to me. We like, I had him meet me behind a, um, behind a, a movie theater. Mm. And so, yeah, it's kind of funny because I had this whole plan and like life's like all about a plan. Yeah. I had like an LL bean duffel bag and it was supposed to have like 20 pounds of weed in it. And, um, they showed up with like 40 grand in cash and it was supposed to be two guys. And I was like, well, I'm going to jump in the back seat, like in the movies and like pull a gun and get the money and get out. And they had a two door. <laughs> And so, like, I was crowded in that, like, like I had to, like, slide in the back and, like, I was like, ah, oh, ah, uh, and, and kind of, like, it, as far as my uh, smarts and wits go, like, I had a friend with me. Yeah. And I, I gave him a gun, but I also didn't give him any bullets because I was like, I don't want him, like, once this $40,000 is, is available to us, I don't want him, like... Yeah shooting me behind this movie theater or whatever right Fuck, man jesus yeah i mean that's where um i told you about that like gangster yeah, yeah, yeah. uh and yeah i mean and so anyway like like you know See, fast I, forward just to, that, that, that's actually like it is i'm glad you are telling the story because um yeah, like where I'm naive, man. I'm naive. So I'm thinking like, yeah, don't put bullets in there. You don't want him to actually shoot somebody. No, you're like, don't put bullets in there because I don't want you to fucking cross me and shoot me. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that comes from like, that comes from like the people you are the closest to being yeah. the people who are like violating <clears throat> you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like that's the, one of the things that you guys, one of the things that you guys directly did for me or, or your methods was to be able to trust Melanie. And that's a direct re result of that is like being engaged to her now. Right. Like, Fuck, man. yeah. Like she's probably the only person I fully feel safe with in the world. Like that makes my face tingle. Yeah. 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 And it's be, you know, like that's, it's like a process breaking that down. Yeah. But yeah, that's where that comes from. Like, yeah, like I, I got to give this dude a gun, but it's got to be like he he can't and he can't know that either. Like, yeah, because then I at least know like, dude, that's how dark it gets. Like yeah. then if he does pull it on me, I can be like, ah, you, you like you showed your cards, dude. And right. I got better ones. Right. Uh, you know, like that's how. But then we were back in the apartment throwing 40 grand around like it was like uh, like it was a, a fucking parade in the house. You know, like, whoa, look at this. It was yeah. gone in like two weeks. No shit. Yeah. 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 If you're living that kind of way, dude, what are you going to do? Yeah. Invest? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. hey, Google, I want. <laughs> and that would be so even just telling a story like that, you know, when I worked with when I worked with, you know, young thugs, um, one of the rules generally around the fire was, you know, war, no war stories. Right. That, yeah. That's what we would have to say. Yeah. Um, and you could you couldn't keep them from doing it. But <laughs> but again, I think just also for other people listening to like get get realistic with with what it what other ways of life are right so like sharing that story in a way that like to connect or to like i'm guessing right like in the right scenario people are sharing their stories like that like i mean is that true well because well, when here's where i'm going off when you start before you started the story you're like i don't want to share the story because some some guys might connect to it or 
or whatever or or what was that people might like uh, aggrandize it or like or like yeah like it kind of feels cheap like okay. like as if i'm like um as stupid as this might sound like dude like the guys i like hung with like some of them are doing life in prison like um yeah and like sold yeah. hundreds of pounds of weed and like it's not it's not it's it's neither a game a joke or um got it and and it's like it it was in some ways very real but yeah. it, we also weren't like the cartel right like we were yeah. just a bunch of kids in buffalo selling a whole bunch of weed and drugs and stuff and it wasn't and there's nothing really fucking cool about it either because like right. a lot of people really did get hurt did it feel? I guess this is this is what I wanted to ask. Did it feel cool at the time, or did it just There's feel a, so? So to live like that, to live any kind of so, it, I'm actually somebody quoted me saying this once, and it's kind of cool when you step into a space where people quote you. But yeah, like, yeah. it was to live in a devaluing way goes against our nature, right? And mm. and so when I was living that way, I was really, and but I had to lie to myself, mm. right? Like anybody I've met that kind of lives in a devaluing way is lying to themselves in some form. Yeah. Like, I don't feel. Yeah. I'm cold. I'm angry. Like, yeah. like as long to be able to live that way, to be able to live like using drugs on a daily basis and kind of like crushing mm -hmm. yourself, you have to constantly say, I'm, I was born bad. So you have to believe that lie. Got it. To live that way. And so, yeah, like sometimes it felt, I, you know, I had BMWs and motorcycles and AK-47s and, you know, like, I remember one night. So there is a part of me that's like, there is like this. Well, I, I think this is important to know. Like, when you talk about BMWs and motorcycles, and AK 47s, there's a part of me that goes, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, I dig like, it. Oh. Yeah, like whoa, like <laughs> yeah, like whoa. But it would like, but here's so here's a here's a really poignant point, right? Yeah. One of my buddies, uh, really good friend, we grew up together. Uh, sold a ton of pot. Like I worked for him. He was younger than me in some ways, right? He's he's just finishing doing 17 years, right? Mm -hmm. um, and he said the last time I visited him in a prison, he said the best I ever slept was when they locked the, the 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 gates around me. Wow. So like, and he had a million cash mm -hmm. at 20 plus, like 22 years old, mm -hmm. like cars, girls. He couldn't trust his anybody. Yeah. He couldn't trust anybody anyone his yeah. his partner his mother his you know his brother was digging up his backyard drunk one night looking for money like literally like yeah. he and he's got it and he's even coming home he's still got to like navigate that like so mm -hmm. as much fun as any of it was like running drugs across the border so much work I bet. yeah like <laughs> You know, never thought about it that way. But. Great stories, but yeah. like, I'd rather have somebody else have lived them. I guess in some ways. Wow, but that is the the, the stories of it is interesting because it makes it where that makes its way into our culture, big time, right? Gangster stories, that like, oh well, yeah, like all like like people eat that shit up, right? Yeah. So you know, you lived out something that's you know probably lies dormant in a lot of people, but is fucking real because we're connecting to it when we see it, you know. It's an interesting point for sure because yeah. people do like they do love to hear it, and I don't. I don't think. I don't think enough people make it out of it to a place where it's like, like when I watched that movie, The Irishman. You probably haven't, but like I felt really, really sad. Like a lot of people hated it, a lot of people loved it, but and I'm not a critic. Yeah. But like for me, it was like the moment where as kids, like, didn't want to even know him. Like yeah, I was protecting you. Like from what you? 
like shit i just had a big fucking sad hit like maybe realization there so yeah if people aren't getting out of it they're in they're in some way society's like obviously just saying you're dispensable and your stories or like we're somehow connecting to that in some throwaway yeah way. getting yeah. some hit off of it something and as long as it's somebody else kind of a exactly yeah yeah damn wild so i was asking like the most honest question i have is is uh not even so much about you know what got you in prison but what the fuck was that like prison yeah wow a very similar to to like a story and 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 I don't say this to compare myself to any service member like I have a high yeah. regard for service members uh, of every branch um but a lot of my a, a lot of the people I can speak most candid with are guys that were in the military like mm. you wake up and you have to be willing to go to great and extreme lengths of violence to survive every day and that you may like you may have a like a decent relaxing somewhat like normal day yeah but you like if you don't want to be violated in some way and i'm not talking about like prison rape and like but if you don't want to be like violated in some way consistently then you need to be willing mm. to to be more violent than everybody in the room and that's like so painful fuck and it and you and like you have to and and that was my experience like other people have another experience i'm sure but like that's one of the hardest things to shed skins to shed is yeah. like well if i was willing to do that every day is that who i am right right like am i like a bad man right that's a hard like you know you claim stuff right you claim like a name like i'm dan you'll yeah. be saying that for a long time like yeah and so like yeah i'm a bad motherfucker like that's a hard like no i'm actually a really good fucking dude you know <sighs> Yeah, so that's like prison was super like a like PTSD every day. But like I had no idea. It took me seven years to realize it was even that. Like after. And how long were you how long were you there? Seven and a half years. You were in for seven yeah. and a half years. So from twenty one twenty two to twenty nine. Seven seven years, three months, ten days, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. It's funny that I actually am starting to like let go of that. It's nice. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice like realization. I could have told you exactly, you know. Yeah. 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 Seven. I. Um. So I mean, just to like put it on there, so it's not like we're like evading it. I. I. I was. Ro I had robbed a guy a couple times. He came after me. Mm. Um. There was like a woman involved. It was like a whole bunch of stuff, and I. I shot him in the middle of the street, and so. Um. Yeah, I got sentenced to eight and a half years, and halfway through it, like. There was no like major event. I just felt like an animal. Like something in my head said like they put animals in cages and you're yeah. in a cage, dude. And it was either claim fully 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 claim that. Yeah. Or sh like give it one more like heave ho, like one more shot huh. at like hope and redemption. And so I did. You did. Yeah, you I did. I gave it shot. one more shot. Yeah. And what like, was the mechanism for that to happen? Was it internal or was there Internal and external. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of questions. I had two friends of mine that came to see me, two girls that I grew up with, really, really rough girls, uh, 
but not like super pretty, super successful. And they seemed super happy. And I was like, how did you end up where you are? And I'm like sitting here like yeah. this animal. And uh, they were like, dude, I don't, we'd like stop blowing Coke and drinking every day and things got better. Yeah. And I was, you know, uh, still doing drugs in prison. And it was like, well, let's see what that does. Oh, wow. Yeah. God damn, man. Yeah. And what, how many years through the seven was that when, when you had that, that? Right in the middle. It was. Yeah. yeah. 2007. Yeah, it's like right in the middle. Kinda. So can you choose that and still have to be the most violent guy? In the, like, does that exist together? Good question. Um not for a long period of time. Okay. Right? Like, at some point, you got to get off the fence, you know, or else you're going to end up with, like, fence posts in your ass. Um, meaning you can't play both sides. Like, you either got to yeah. be... But you still have to, like, hold your ground. Like, you can... I mean, you're a good man, and you're not going to let somebody, like, slap you around. Yeah. But you don't overtly have to show that either. You don't have to, like, slap somebody every once in a while so that people know right. you'll slap somebody. Right. You can yeah. you can adopt a way of carrying yourself that like deserves and demands respect. So is that like how are men or I guess women too, but men, most people in prison are men. Um, in men's prisons, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how how are men who have? I mean, how do you talk about it? So you 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 took another breath of of hope or something. Is there a population of dudes in prison that you just kind of know are in that space or on that path? Like, is it a, and how are they regarded? I mean, they're extra fucked with not extra. I mean, yeah. So no, no, no. So the guys that are end up adopting, like I, like I said, like, uh, like a way of carrying themselves. Okay. That almost demands respect without. Yeah. Like this guy, a is a really good guy. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then B I mean, people, I think, think that of me now, and I don't do it intentionally, but it's like, I don't want to mess with... Like, when I left, I remember this this really big black dude, really cool guy, had came from Attica, which is like a way rougher prison than the one that we were in yeah. together. And we had been living in the same kind of shared space, like a dormitory space, for maybe three months before we said a word to each other. And he came up and he was like, are you really like an MMA fighter? And I was like, No. Like, I have no formal, like, why, like, I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, yeah, everybody, like, told me you were, like, an MMA dude. I was like, I haven't been in a fight in three years. Like, I don't know, nobody uh, in this dorm, none of these 60 dudes have even seen me fight anybody. Yeah. But, like, I think, <clears throat> you know, and you don't, and part of that is you're, you're not, you're not messing with people. You're not stepping on people's toes. Like, sure. you're living in a way that, that respects. One of the things I say all the time is I don't need to respect you your views, the way you live to show you respect. Hmm. Right. Like I don't have yeah, to, yeah. Yeah. you know, like yeah, I don't I get it. And, and in doing so, I think like, it was like, well, why would I dis? And if you carry yourself like in some ways as like a fully, I don't know. I wasn't yeah. fully formed for sure, but yeah. it so worked. Did I, you get clean during that period? Did you stop doing drugs? Yeah. You did. Yeah. So the, the first, the last three and a half years I was like clean and sober. How'd whatever. you do that? Um, definitely with the use of like AA and 12 NA. Step. Yeah, 12 yeah. step worked. Yeah. And it was helpful. Yeah. It was also like my attitude was like, if I'm going to do this, I did it for three months. Like I went to the meetings yeah. and, I, and I would look at dudes and be like, 
if you say anything to me, I'll fuck you up kind of, you know, like (laughs) I wanted him to like throw me out. I wouldn't even say like, I'm Corey, I'm an alcoholic or whatever they wanted. And then I was like, if you're going to do this, just do it all the way, like jump and see if it works. Yeah. And I jumped like somebody, I think said like, what do you have to lose? You know, like, what do you, what, what's left to lose from trying this? And it's, it's been 13 plus years now. How did it feel the minute you walked out and how did it feel a month later? The minute I walked out, I walked out into my mother's arms. Yeah. yeah. It was a snowy day in March. And I just felt so much like release wash over me. It was like the heavy snow fall, like, like the heavy flakes. I just felt, I felt like a child. Uh like back like just cared for and like loved I'm sure there was some fear but there was just like (sighs) yeah that that like that's kind of what it felt like and then a month later um I was living in a halfway house and uh it felt really good, man. It felt so good. Like it's almost something that I wish in some ways everybody could experience, like having nothing. And, and even me like eight years later and having so much, yeah. like, um, everything like smells and sounds and like super attuned too. like, I remember riding, I rode a bike everywhere and I rode a bike into my old neighborhood. And instantly, as soon as I like crossed a border, started to feel judgment and no, like, and and shame for being on a bike and like oh he's back and it like a a, this tape but but attuned to that like like really aware of myself and it's easy to be in a place like that like a people don't realize this but like some people in their first year of like recovery usually around the second are like so attuned and so appreciative because they're coming from like nothing yeah to like whoa i'm like feel like yeah. And there's there's a sweet spot there. Like there's a from deprivation to more of the fullness of life coming yeah. back in. Before even like yeah. all the responsibility comes uh, in, before like the the yeah. monotony of day-to-day life yeah. takes over. When you're still like riding a bike and you're like not ashamed of it cuz it's better than yeah. not having a bike. Yeah. You know. Interesting. Yeah. And so had you made a complete decision at that point like were you tempted to get back into drugs and, and shit like that? Or was it just like, no, you, you chose something different at that point? In hindsight, I, I, I mean, I have to say I chose it because yeah. I'm here. Yeah. But I was super terrified that I was going to like, I used to say like, when's Corey going to come home? Um, uh. Yeah. Like, when is this like, and there was moments, man, there was moments. I, I say a lot, um, 50% grace and 50% grit has gotten me to like this table in the mountains with you yeah. because sometimes it's just showing up uh, and, and like putting myself in the right position where I don't have to make the choice where like the universe kind of sends the whatever I need yeah. not to be like woo woo because I'm kind of not but there's yeah. a lot of woo woo that just happens yeah right yeah yeah so I yeah I mean in hindsight I made that choice but there was a lot of days where that choice was kind of made for me sure what were, who were, who were the most, I don't know, or who were one or two of the people that really, uh, I don't know, that you found or they found you or they helped you or they like, like the, the you know, yeah. 
to get I'll, to get from the, there to here i'm curious like what what got you along the way just to like just to say like my mom and my dad like yeah. my dad came monthly to see me my mom mm-hmm. came almost sometimes like bi-weekly anytime i was in solitary she came to see me mm-hmm. like um and i couldn't even speak sometimes because i couldn't like you don't speak yeah. so my vocal cords would like slightly atrophy and she would just play scrabble with me like the amount of love motherfucker yeah. how long were you in solitary? not not a long time but like it- six or seven times yeah Jesus. so like um but like i didn't anyway i, I wouldn't talk so yeah. you know like i'd all of a sudden I'm in a room with like bright lights and, but outside of those two people, um, there was a man named Jesus Zapata, hmm. uh, an amazing dude, great story behind it. Like, um, but he was running the halfway house when I was there. Yeah. He orchestrated, um, a, a transition from a traditional or anger management to yoga and and like he ran this um anger management and it was much more like a men's group yeah um yeah. and he he was super instrumental and then there was like a lot of these this this is the grace thing and this is that yoga thing like when i was incarcerated my mother went to i forget omega she went yeah. to omega yeah and there was a woman named i hope she hears this somehow germook was there doing like a, a training yeah yeah. So she asked for intentions. That's my best one of my best friends, Cherie's teacher. Good move. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll you'll this'll this'll yeah. like bounce yeah. off your your heart, right? Yeah. So Gurmook asked for an intention at Omega. Omega, I don't know, a couple thousand people yeah. maybe. Yeah. My mom puts the intention in for my son in prison. She actually reads these intentions, finds that one, mm-hmm. sends people out to find the woman who wrote it, asks for my address gets my address and sends me practices and we communicate for like probably a year or two <laughs> Fuck man. yeah 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 like and that's that those are the things that are like dude you're not here to just chop wood like you're here to do something like we sent you people to help yeah. so that you could help so don't don't fuck around don't yeah. sit on your ass like go figure this shit out right yeah. but like yeah so she sent me all types of meditations and and yoga practices and i like i i tried you know, so she was like, she was super impactful. And then there was just like a lot of people. When I came home, my friend Morgan Love, who's in California now, she worked at a yoga studio and is like a real yogi kind of. So she was like, mm-hmm. dude, just come in the back door. Like, you don't have any money. Just, I do classes twice a day. Like, just come to either one. Yeah. And so I took yoga like, tw- I didn't have much to do. So Did you I was, like it? I mean, it would. Oh, yeah, I loved yeah, it. Loved yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and, and nobody cared. Yeah. Like, nobody was like, like why do you have a tattoo on your neck you know like (laughs) they were like yeah like it was a a very accepting community um yeah yeah so there was and i mean i'd hate to miss anybody i mean honestly today i would count you guys yeah um my friend devin uh in the past couple years has like really modeled uh in some ways like like really beautiful uh manliness and like manhood and kindness yeah you know um there's been a lot of like everybody's given me something yeah Yeah. everybody i've come in contact with not to leave out melanie like melanie's shown me that like i'm safe in this world and without that in some ways like none of this would be possible i get to publicly congratulate you on your uh (laughs) thank you bro fiance what's the fucking word i'm missing uh engagement engagement yeah betrothed (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah 
She's a trip, dude. She's so funny. You got to meet her. She's so funny. She likes to go, hey, fiance, and I got to go, hey, Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> she loves it. Yeah. She's funny. See, I, I kind of just want to marry her so I, I don't have to call her Beyonce anymore. <laughs> if I were her, I'd, I'd just hang on to it. Yeah. <laughs> She's a trip, dude. Um, God damn, man. You're going to. I'm sure several people have told you this, but you're, you're probably going to have to write a book at some point or, or get a I book. I kind of started, but it's, you, yeah. Yeah. I'm like half, you know, like I got a lot of the dark shit in there. Yeah. But it's, dude, it's the light that like fires me up. Yeah. You know? And they both do in, in there. I mean, one obviously is like the, 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 the dark is like the fire that heats yeah. the space around it or whatever, you know, like. Well, you know what you shared, and I wasn't there for the moment, but you shared the phrase like "white heat." The, yeah, the other night. That is, that maybe that's the name of your book, man. Yeah, like actually, like there, that that seems to like be the essence that I see coming through your eyes. Like, like that's that's what you're carrying. It's 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 not it's 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 fucking intense, but it is. It's white and it's fucking hot, and um, you know, I think. I am incredibly excited both to see and in any way I can support and be part of whatever you're fucking bringing to the world. And not to set you up, not that it has to be anything big, dramatic or whatever, but like uh, it, very, it has been clear to me since, since I met you and even more, um, there's something, you, you got something, I don't know who gets to have it. But even, you know, we've got to have a chunk of it here on these retreats and it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's important. It's impactful. And, um, I mean, we were joking, but like we're going to discuss the terms of your contract on this podcast and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I don't know what that contract, if it's official or unofficial, whatever, but, um, yeah, man, I mean, you, you certainly got, got me behind you. Um, it's, it's mutual. Yeah. It's like very strongly mutual. Yeah. yeah. I'll show up for you. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anybody that's doing this work, I'll show up for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So bringing things to the present now, you're engaged. You yeah. Got this big, beautiful family coming together, you know, dad and um, stepdad and you got a thriving business, a growing business yeah. in Buffalo. Yep. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it'd be fun to explore here for a while. Yeah, what is coming? What do you want? What you know? Where do you see? What, what change? I, I don't know. explore the the now and the future. Um, yeah, so the now is is pretty amazing, and I'm not. It's always kind of sticky because it feels kind of like braggy or whatever, right? But I guess yeah, it doesn't is, in the this context. Is, this is a free. This is free reign, right? Full, yeah. full permission. So like wild stuff i'm on the board of directors of peace prince the shirt that i was wearing like yeah so i'm like they asked me to be on the board of directors and yeah. in some ways it's goofy because in my head i'm like like you want what like i don't know if i'm the guy and they're like no you're the guy i'm like all right well fuck it like i'm i'm on the board then yeah and i i'm up like a part of that board and i help make decisions and um i'm a consultant how's that for, feel let's do a little everyman how does it feel to be on the board making decisions for that organization uncomfortable um uncomfortable how it, it's it's new it's very new yeah yeah so it's uncomfortable because it's new but it's also 
it's it's been very empowering in the fact that like I can see when I do speak up or and when I'm silent that I'm adding something to the syrup right like I'm mm. I'm, I'm bringing something to the show and that's so that's been really like oh you can do more than like fix porches and paint houses like, there you go okay you know yeah um so owning your value right yeah it, on that stage on that frame and uh and that kind of speaks to like what it's now i think i'm in a phase right now yeah. um in the past couple of years like a lot of stuff has happened like big stuff like i um you know hung out with like peter atia and tim ferris mm-hmm. uh, went to prison with those guys and i've been to like a bunch of prisons to like inspire people and almost like practice yeah like i you know um inspiring and like grabbing men and like learning and th- exactly why i'm here like i told melanie last night like what how the weekend's been and she was like oh that's amazing like you you're getting exactly what you wanted to get and it's like yeah i am i'm learning yeah to really do what i want to do and so yeah in the past year, I've also like grown my business, hired the right team members to mm-hmm. so that like people that are smarter than me in other ways, right? Like, yeah. Um, and, and like I'm building that team for that company as a vehicle to to come to follow you guys around, to follow around. Yeah. Like I'm a consultant for um, Prison Compassion Project uh, or Compassion Prison Project. Uh, Fritzy Hortzman out in California. She, mm. but she wants to put it in every prison. Right. And there's like trauma work, and there's circles, and there's and it's big. It's right. really big. And she's right. she's got a lot of white heat like around her for sure. Yeah. And um, like I'm practicing because there's there's a lot of you. Like there's a lot of me. There's yeah. a, and not yeah. like a huge amount, but there's yeah. a tribe. Mm-hmm. And like I'm. I think I'm like here in some way to grab that tribe and say like, let's stop doing this individual thing. Yeah. And like, let's fucking fix some shit. Like let's all, you know, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like Sasha loves the, like, let's punch everybody with love. Like let's go out there and do the job, man. But I think when we're like, I need that army and that army's there. I got a lot of generals. I'm putting them together. I'm I'm like learning to love them and learn from them. Yeah. I love that big, yeah, that big vision level. How about when you go into a prison, when you step into a prison, what are you bringing and what are you, what what, what are you, how do you show up there? Yeah, so the, one of the things that's kind of been interesting for me uh, is I have, I when I speak at prison, I have, I don't, when I speak in general, I don't have, I don't bring a script to anything. Yeah. Right? So that's always yeah. unnerving, but yeah. it's also super authentic, right? So when I go to prison, I bring what 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 i feel and it's easier there it's like easy it's easier there because i like i know to like connect and i know uh, like the one time in pelican bay we we did some work in in solitary <clears throat> and i i locked myself in the cell um so that i couldn't get out so that i could connect to these dudes like that were and because it was really hard for me to be back in solitary because it's super inhuman Holy you know shit. And the instant thing I felt was like shame and then puff my chest out and kind of to speak to every man. Like if I yeah. feel bad, I'm going to pretend I'm good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, and it was like, OK, well, that's my experience, but I can speak from that. So I can speak to like mm. I can speak. I don't man when I'm there like these guys like talking to these guys and here you know you whenever you get naked dude you feel like naked until somebody comes gives you like a garment back yep. to put on yep. and they just like by the time i leave i'm like layered in warmth cuz like these guys are like you know the hardest dudes like when you we talked about evil 
99% of the people that I came across and I still come across in prison are no different. Yeah. You know, they're just, honestly, they're just more wounded. I mean, that's, that's what I learned working with the boys, all the young guys. Yeah. That's exactly the, the most slapping lesson I ever learned. So what is your intention when you step into those places to talk or do like to do what you do? What's, what is it? What's your, what's your goal? Yeah, interestingly enough, and it's a that's a, another really good question. It's 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 always to do whatever I can. Okay. Like, and not it's not even a lot of times, dude. When I get there, I don't know if I'm going to speak for two minutes. I don't know if I'm going to speak for fifteen minutes. Okay. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know if I'm going to have the uh, like. So sometimes it's like, can I help move tables? Can yeah. I hand out milk cartons? Can I? Yeah. You know what I mean? Can I talk to the officers and try to like? connect to them mm-hmm. right to like yeah dude like i i might be the guy who helps your old lady when she's stuck in a snowbank and i was here yeah you know like sometimes it's like even here like asking duncan like if there's anything you can do or anything you need I, like i'm i'm willing to help you know like yeah. it's just it's just show up to help that's it's like yeah. and then yeah. if whatever you know if you guys like ask me to speak yeah like let's do it like i don't know what about but let's do it Okay. So, so yeah, yesterday in the retreat, one of the moments for me where I felt the most, the most tingles, the most sort of like, uh, what I'm doing is working. What I'm doing has value. What I'm doing is, um, connecting was, was your story, right? Was your story. So do you have a moment like that for yourself when you were in a prison and in a place where you, where you got that sense like, fuck, okay, this is it. Yeah. Um, so in, I mean, not so much where like, this is it in prison. Sure. No, I I mean, like I've been building confidence, like one, I didn't have much confidence, dude, even this is a funny and I'll be quick like this, uh, a a year ago I was with Melanie and I woke up at the ceiling feeling that I was like really still bad, a bad guy, just pretending Mm. to be good. And this is a year ago with like six employees and like a house and, and a beautiful suburb and dogs and family. And, and the same day, like we were at Starbucks and some girl fell on her keys and stuck a key in her mouth and she was foreign and she couldn't speak much English. And everybody was like gawking at her because we're at like Starbucks. So they're like, (gasps) you know, and I like told them to leave. We put her in her car. We drove her to like a media care and we spent like five hours with this girl until she could go home and like and then on the way home Mel was like you still feel like a bad guy pretending and I was like ah so it's taken a long time but like this weekend like a bunch of people and and in this past year again like a bunch of people have been like no like it's special whatever it is is special but that's you know like who wants to like I'm special I know, but I mean, listen, let me be, let me help you with that. Right? I, I mean, because, because it's something you're going to have to, you're going to have to own and demystify and debunk and go into and, and, you know, special is, is a very pretty relative term, right? Yeah. Um, I think you can quickly shift that toward uh, fucking passionate focused, like, you know, there's a sense of fearlessness or something. There's, there's many different ways we could get into it, but, but lean on me to, to help with that because the sooner that you can let that go, the better for everybody. You're right. I think you're absolutely right. Like that's been the wrestle for yeah. the past kind of year, year and yeah. a half. Yeah. The first time I got up in the prison. Yeah. Matter of fact, the first time. So I, I, I went to prison the first time 
And I went with Tim Ferriss and Peter Atia, and my friend Devin is the one who invited me and another guy from New York, right? Mm-hmm. And I had no idea who these guys were. So I was like, well, I'll Google them. But That's I was super cool. fired up. Yeah, it's funny, That's right? Cool. Like, And uh, so I, I was super fired up about the programming, like Cat Hoke runs out there. It's yeah. called Hustle 2.0. Yep. And um, I, so I'm like, I Google these guys and I'm like, whoa, like, okay. Like, these are some guys. So I like read a little bit about them. So I wasn't like a, I was more nervous about being with them than I was about being in prison. Yep. Then they had like an email about taking a helicopter to the prison. And, and so I, I sent like a joke email. I was like, uh, I was like, guys, I don't know if I can afford my share of the, the, um, like this, at this per like current time, I don't know if I can aff- afford that share, but if you guys want to take the bus, I'll like pay for your tickets. <laughs> And, and like my boy Dev was like, dude, what? Like you're a fucking clown for that. But, um, and it was funny. And I hung out with these guys. And, but when you get up in the prison, she asked you to do a 30 second check-in of but who you are, yeah. where, um, where you're from, what your business is and why you'd be the best coach. Yep. And so we're talking about like one guy's a billionaire and the other two are like multimillionaires. And then my boy Dev, who's like doing well for himself. Yeah. And, and there's a bunch of other people like, you know, authors and rich dad, poor dad, I think author was there. Like, there oh, was, yeah, yeah, there was like, but they like, they bombed like, like, and the funny thing is, um, they didn't all bomb. Like they did good, but like <laughs> they were nervous in that crowd. Sure. Right. And sure. so they, like they have the mic and 30 seconds is up and somebody's like, Arr! and yeah, it was, it was hilarious. Cause it was like, wow. Like these dudes who sell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I got up there and I like slayed it and everybody was like whoa like and i was like whoa so like what that's one of those moments i can kind of go back to and just be like no training no yeah and and like here i am yeah yeah that's one of those so what's the what's the fear of being special like what what is it what note does it ring inside of you is it is it you should be more humble you shouldn't be you don't you know what does it mean what's the judgment let's just do that what's the judgment about being special I think there's like a, f- a fear of, of sticking out because yeah. um, in some ways you're like inviting attack. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Right. A scrutiny, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's, I think it, the judgment is if you're special, you're perfect. Right. Um, mm. And you're untouchable. And I think mm. that's one of the big things. Thank you. Thank you so much because that's that, that's me answering the question like I, I go to yoga and I, and I like love it. And the best part about it is I like fire up a Newport and drink like cold, hard black coffee after on the way home. Like so weird. Cold. Well, it's just sat in the car for <laughs> half an hour, an hour. Right. Like it's not, it's usually still warm somewhat, but yeah. it's like, um, but that's, it's like, no, you don't have to be perfect to be special. Like you don't have to be perfect to deliver this message. Like you care enough well, well, and that's what matters. Right. But you know, you embody this and, and you, you share it and you say it, but, but again, like you are special because, because of that you're willing to share the imperfections fundamentally, right? <laughs> aliens. <laughs> but let me say that without the aliens, but right. I mean, do you, you, you that land right like like of course you're not fucking perfect like me <laughs> this is a big thing it, it must be like thing, we're yeah. getting support from uh from yeah. outer space i uh i think it, yeah um what we talked about a little bit with 
with the feelings, right? Like if you don't want to feel it, you got to feel it. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like it's the same paradox. It's the same. Yeah. Like if you if if you want to use this specialness, you got to know that you're not any different in some ways too. Like you're just as fallible. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's like. And owning the fallibility is what makes like, because we're so afraid of it, right? Like yeah, we're all like, yeah. yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, listen, it's, it's uh, this whole, it, this whole everyman journey has been a constant me hitting my head up against like, oh, fuck, like, you know, am I special? What, what, what does yeah. that mean? Am I being arrogant? Am I being, you know, you know, right. being carted around, being on national TV and all of these things and, and being told like vehemently by many fucking people how special I am and how special this is it's like okay Jesus and and you know like that's why I just fall back on the core of how we do this everyman shit right which is just like yeah okay and like fucking YouTube man like all like it's just (laughs) what level can we own it it does feel that like what level can we own our our passion what level can we own our truth and what we're doing right because it's fucking hard I'm not all the way there because it doesn't happen right away either no right like it's not like okay I'm gonna own this like special thing and tomorrow I'm gonna be on like a mountain with a million followers and they're gonna like and they're gonna like help heal it's confusing yeah well because like it's like like okay like Thank you. <laughs> how how uh, like how long do I hang in there? And it's like I just, I hang in, like I just hang yeah. in. And 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 to speak to you and I, I think a, a good reminder for both of us is like when the call comes, just answer it. Like it might not be the call yeah. we think. Yeah. Right. Like it might not be. See, this is a great use of that judgment exercise we did this week, right? Like, so you tell me how to handle my specialness. Right. I mean, really. Let let, let me get to the edge of where it's comfortable for me. Yeah. Like. It is, um, I, I want to, even to a, mo- a bigger level, be able to just fully fucking step forward and own, like, we have something very important here that we've developed, right? This is, this is a big deal. And I'm going to unapologetically, like, take whatever this, wherever this takes me, I'm willing to go on that ride. That's fucking scary for me, you know? Yeah. I'm still living in a goddamn RV right now, yeah. you know? Like, I, and so... Uh, this is that but, exercise. But, you coach me on my fucking specialness, and then I'm going to turn around and tell it right to you, and we're just going to, like, that's it, right? We're yeah. just, like, both doing this dance. Yeah. Yeah, I think of, like, two guys, <laughs> like, holding shoulders, doing that, like, like like old country dance back and forth. <laughs> like, like uh, what was it, Tweedledee and Tweedledum and, like, some in, like, uh, the Chocolate Factory or something, those <laughs> two knuckleheads. <laughs> but, no, but, dude, like, it's, it's, in, the, it's in the RV, it's in that like I'm still living in an RV. Yeah, that's like that's where it is. Like that's what people need to hear. It's not like it's that's what they need to hear because that's where the feeling is. Like, dude, I'm sacrificing for this. Uh, no, 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 no. no. Like all, all I'm saying is yes, you're hitting a chord. Yes, yeah. you're hitting a chord. Because that's hard for me to say. That's that's what it, I mean. Like I'm putting everything I can into my family and my business. Yeah. So that I can do what I'm supposed to do, yeah. right? But they they are like my girl is home right now, just like your boys. Like my my girl is home right now, sleeping without me. Yeah, and that is not comfortable. Yeah, right. Like I'm not worried about her. I don't distrust. I trust her more than I trust anybody. Yeah. But I like I want to be with her. 
because she's valuable. Yeah. Just like I want to be with my like my stepsons and my daughter. My daughter texted me by the way last night and she's like, "Dude, I want to move back in." But we had to have like a face to face. I was like, "We sure. got to we can't text. Sure. We got to talk. Wow. We got to connect." Yeah. And she was like, "I'm down. Like, let's do it." But I, it lights Amazing. me up. Amazing. But back to that set, like like yeah. yeah, that's where the feeling is. That's yeah. where that's where the edge is. Like Yeah. Yeah, like, no, yeah, I'm doing this because is. it is important, and like that's what throws the weight behind it. Like, well, and that's I think that's my edge is that speaking to it fully and owning it without, um, yeah, the sacrifice that I've that I've made in the last couple of years. It's easy to not get it's easy to get overwhelmed by it, right? And to get all fucking like victimized by it. Like what the fuck is going on? Like I don't understand how I can give so much and, and receive so little, you know? So so that's like the that's the, that's the but I've been feeling that, but I'm feeling a new level what I, right now in this conversation is like yeah, I'm I've given basically everything that I have to this as well as my family. Yeah. And um and yeah, living in an RV Borrow, gonna probably need to borrow money this month again. Um, you know, yeah. it, really, it really hurts. Thank you, thank you for like putting that on there, man. Thank you so much because that's not it's not comfortable for you. No, I, I can see that. <laughs> no. Like it's really not comfortable for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm here. I mean, I I'm sure you've heard that a bunch of times, but like. Yeah, like I'm, I'm definitely here, and the call might not, dude. Like, well, I don't know what the call is going to be. Like, I've been in all these prisons, and uh, and like they don't have a like a position for me, right? Because I don't think it's supposed to be my position, right? Like, even Peter said to me, he was like, "Don't." Somebody told me like, "Plant your flag," like you know, like in the prisons, and and it's it's not prisons, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling it, that. I hear that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's just it's like yeah. I love going to prison. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. it's a fucking weird thing to say, uh, yeah. But, yeah. but it's not like, so it might not, who knows what the call is actually going to be, but like, dude, I'm going to be there to su support yeah. what you do. Yeah. 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 Same. Yeah. I mean, you know, you'll never starve. That's true. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> You're a good hunter too. So that helps. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not as good as a hunter as, as people might think. I'm a hunter. I'm not a great one, but, um, <laughs> The, yeah, uh, I guess that's a perfect kind of loop back to the beginning, though, of, of what you shared, you know, what, what would have helped or changed at seven or at eight during that time. And you said connection and knowing people are there. So I'm, I'm as rich in connection, human connection as I could imagine being on this planet. Like, honest to God, like I, I couldn't, it'd be hard to picture a life with, with, um, with more support, you know. So I appreciate every last bit of it. On uh, on Peter's podcast, he, I said somewhere in it that I want to be rich in people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, and then I don't necessarily have to worry about that as much. Yeah. You know, obviously with a family and stuff, and it it feels like a responsibility, but. Like I'm, that's, I'm like kind of building that bank. Account. Maybe that's my book title, Rich in People. Yeah. Cause <laughs> you're like Bill Gates over here. <laughs> that feels like it, man. Yeah. Well. Seems natural. That seems like a natural place, man. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, this was, I knew it was going to be good. It was even better than I thought. I love you. Thank you for being here. And, 
Same, man. Uh, Standing so much admiration of what you do and the sacrifice behind it um, and what you're trying to do. And because I see the direct results. And this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And deep. Like, yeah. And touchy, you know? (laughs) This was what we do. It's It's what what you do, do, man. So, yeah. That's how it goes. It's a good example. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening. You can check us out at everyman.com. Go to all of the social media places, all the things. Y'all know how to do it. We're all adults here. Um, thank you, Corey, for being on the show. Thank you, everybody, for participating in our little world here. And I wish the best to everybody in 2020.